ghoulish and spooktacular greetings to every single one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by Paranormal Prowlers Podcast and making me part of your day. It is greatly appreciated and I consider it an absolute honor. Those tunes, as always, are courtesy of my friend, the amazing Bobby Mackey. However, they may have sounded a little different today, and that is because he is right here with me going live. Just kidding. (laughs) Just pulling your chain. But when I was at Bobby Mackey's Music World last year, I just had to record the song. So this is indeed a live version, just live a year earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm your host, of course, Tessa Morrow. If a teamer was your name on a wild island beaten by a snake, you became queen of pain. Sovereign of mystery, immune to any physical pain. Any poison was always welcome in your veins. Born into this world on the island of Trinidad in the West Indies, the year is 1871. Ava Kennedy was a unique child. Her family even believed that she had superpowers. No, no, I'm not talking about flying as fast as lightning or spiderweb stuff coming from your fingers or changing your DNA or turning green and bulky like the Hulk. If you haven't noticed by now, I'm not huge into superheroes and superpowers. Sorry. So I probably butchered everything there, but you get the drift. Her family believed this little girl to hold on to super unique powers due to the fact that when she was at the very tender age of just four, four years young, she was bitten by the extremely venomous snake, the Fur de Lance, and virtually didn't experience any symptoms like whatsoever, which is crazy because, oh yeah, by the way, the Fur de Lance happens to be one of the most venomous snakes out there. This deadly pit viper is so aggressive, fast moving, and bites with an absolute vengeance. <laughs> like, forgive my snake sounds, I know. When bitten by one of these beauties, symptoms include excruciating pain. The wounds will ooze like no one's business numbness, huge painful blisters, intense headaches, your nose and gums and other body parts start to bleed. You are struck with nausea, vomiting, gastrointestinal bleeding, and so much more. And if untreated, death is not rare. In fact, I think you would be in so much pain that you would indeed pray and get on your knees and beg for the Grim Reaper to take you right then and there. Also, you risk contracting gangrene, usually resulting in amputations. I found that in 12 cases in which are fatal, the causes of death was sepsis, intracranial hemorrhage, acute kidney injury, hyperkalemia, metabolic acidosis, and hemorrhographic shock. Very serious bite indeed. Very serious, very deadly. For grown men have died in result of getting bitten. And yet this four-year-old little child is bit and seems totally unfazed by the deadly serpent. And even more, She suffers no ill effects at all. 
Another report shows she was bitten, but this one says she was five, not four, and that the snake was a cobra, not a fur de lance. Either way, both are highly venomous and quite deadly. So after her encounter with the snake, cobra or fur de lance, she would deliberately put herself into situations where she would get bitten. Not only by venomous snakes, mind you, but also by spiders and other deadly creatures. She was a mini daredevil, if you will. She, at that point, was untouchable. As a young woman, she began touring the vaudeville circuit, adopting the name Evatima Tardo. Each night, people would gather around the stage and watch in awe and shock as Evatima would be surrounded by deadly venomous snakes, frozen in fear and curiosity as the deadly creatures would hiss and strike at the woman. When she would get bit, she would calmly allow the snake to inject her with its venom. When another person might frantically stop the scary situation, scream, cry, run the other way, whatever, she would allow it and invite it, gifting her with its ever-so-precious and deadly venom. One article goes a little into detail. Quote, Miss Tardo is proof against poison. She has been bitten by the most venomous snakes, whose bites have caused no serious ill effects. She will take these creatures up in her arms and force them to bite her, irritating and pinching them until they do so, unquote. And yet another article goes even into more detail. Quote, Miss Tardo called at the free press office yesterday afternoon and gave a wonderful exhibition with a dozen venomous snakes, which hissed and rattled as she fondled them. The deadly silver-tipped rattler buried its fangs into her hands with apparently the same spirit as it would in the flesh of an intruder in its native lands. Gia monsters, scorpions, tarantulas, and centipedes, she said, were as harmless to her as a little housefly. Unquote. To prove herself to others that the snake wasn't defanged or any other tricks up the sleeve, she had one of the snakes bite a rabbit in which it quickly died in front of a large audience on stage. <gasps> one time she forced the snake to bite her. It didn't want to, but she provoked it. She was pinching it until it did so. Its head was then chopped off and then examined, and it indeed had venom in its glands. And I hate that way of debunking something like as an animal lover it does bug me that you know first it's pinched you know i mean for it to bite her and then they kill it and cut its head off and i know snakes get a bad rap sometimes but i think they're cool creatures but you know if somebody was pinching me i would bite them too wouldn't you so at some point down the line, she grew concerned that people may grow bored of the snake act. As daring and dangerous and adrenaline-filled as it is, she felt she needed to come up with something new. Again, the untouchable attitude kicks in in this gutsy woman, and she adds a move to her new show. She starts to drink gasoline. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, a tiny little sip like one would with the rare liqueur. Tiny sips, enjoy. Ah, I'm talking about big gulps like you would with, well, hmm, 
A big gulp. Excuse me. In fact, she went to a Chicago clinic where medical experts could examine her and experiment tests on her. She boasts about not feeling any types of pain, and from what they saw, they were indeed impressed. But it's kind of like seeing is believing effect. You know, like, of course, on stage in her element, there's possibly a way that she can, you know, quote, cheat. She brags to them, telling them she is immune to creatures like the deadly cobra, the spider tarantula, the hooded Portuguese snake, the centipede, the rattlesnake, the copperhead, and the list absolutely goes on. But you know what? We've gave the snakes a few minutes of time already, and we'll go back to them later maybe, but let's dig a bit into the gasoline thing. While at that Chicago clinic, she put a hollow pin resembling like a knitting needle, so, you know, rather large, deep into her cheek. She was then instructed to drink a tablespoon of gasoline. A brass pipe was then attached over the outside end of the hollow pin needle, which was allowing the fumes from the gas to arise from her stomach. She then touched a lit match to the end of the brass pipe. The fumes were escaping through that channel and burst into quite the respectable flame, burning for an impressive two to three minutes. Gas and snakes. And it didn't stop there. No, her assistants would approach her, a red hot iron in hand, and firmly press it against Evatima's bare skin. In her possession, she had these large needles and she would drive them deep into her skin where some may flinch, cringe, or cry out in pain or shock. She would love it. She'd get her rocks off, laughing so hard that you'd think she was just told the world's funniest joke. To many, one of her most daring shows had to do with crucifixion. She was nailed to a large wooden cross, the horseshoe nails piercing Evatima's feet and hands. She stayed in this position for several hours. The whole time she was conversing with the crowd and, you know, as if they're swapping recipes or something, you know, just as she did when the needles were in her, she was laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Wanting to dispose of any skepticism, she offered for those who wanted to, to go on stage. Feel free to touch me, the nails, the cross, everything, yada yada. Maybe she knew there would be skeptics in the crowd because of one huge factor. Even though these large nails were clearly piercing her skin, there was no blood, not a drip, a drop, no splatter, no dripping, nothing. Tell Dexter to keep his saran wrap home because he won't need it here. Reporters in the audience asked her what exactly the deal was. Is this a ruse? You know, a hoax? Explain yourself. Her response, and I quote her saying, is, I never had a pain in my life. I don't know what an ache is. I am always happy, never sad. She even goes to say that she has never been sick one day in her life. Not one single day. In addition to this, she also shared with the reporters that she was able to control her circulation so she could prevent blood loss when her skin was being pierced, prodded, or stabbed. Who would have thought that someone could have control of such a thing? Like, seriously, right? 
a gash would be created where not even the stealthiest of surgeons could stop the furious flowing of the blood. The strange woman that is Evatima could stop it in an instant, faster than the roadrunner escaping the coyote's clutches. Then allow it to flow again. Go. Stop. Go. Stop. Flow, baby, flow. This is one of the things that physicians considered her to be a medical miracle, really. In an article, I found a clipping from one of those reporters titled, Miss Tardo Crucified, Chicago Museum Freak Spends Three Hours Nailed to a Frame. Quote, Without any signs of pain or even inconvenience, Miss Evatima Tardo was for the second time in three days nailed to a half cross in a Clark Street Museum last night. Over a thousand people, all the building could hold, saw the sight, shuddered, and went away wondering how such a woman could ever come to death naturally. A number of physicians were also present. Four of them accepted an invitation to step upon the platform where they could witness the feat at close range. I mean, they examined the nails, the hammer, the cross, the woman's feet and her hands. They stood close by while the nails, extra large horseshoe nails, were driven through her right foot and left hand, fastening them securely to the wood. Then they wiped their eyes to make sure they were seeing right, pinched themselves to prove they were really awake, and finally gave it up as a freak of nature, the like of which medical history has never recorded. The rest of the thousand or more spectators following the examination of the physicians mounted the stage and examined the woman, her hand and the nails for themselves. All the while, Miss Tardo smiled and passed pleasantries with the curious spectators. When the crowd had all but gone home, the woman was still smiling and still securely impaled. From that time, shortly after eight until eleven, she stood in the same position, not even showing any signs of fatigue at her long stand. Unquote. While many still weren't sold on how legit she was, one person who believed her was a man who spent a lot of his time debunking mediums, psychics, and what have you. That man is someone I dedicated an episode two months earlier, Harry Handcuff Houdini. If you haven't heard this episode, you guys, I really recommend you check it out as it was a fun one to do. I've always liked Houdini. It's number 46 and it's titled Magic and Escapes, The Life and the Death of Houdini. Now, it's known that Houdini didn't have patience when it came to the fakes. No. He wouldn't tolerate it. And he would go out of his way to prove those who had no business doing what they were doing. He was the master of debunkers. But when he saw her... When he saw Evatim Atardo perform, he was absolutely hooked. Even years after her untimely death, which we'll talk about later, he still referred to Miss Evatim Atardo as an inspiration. Eva often enjoyed challenging people and their skepticism. I came upon a nifty dime museum poster. You know, the one people put in the mailboxes and on your cars via the windshield wipers. It proudly announces Tardo's 20,000 challenge. 
And, you know, that was way back, so $20,000, which is a lot to me anyways today. It was a hell of a lot more then. It goes into further detail, and it reads, It's your money if you can prove her exhibition's not bonafide. Nail her to the cross yourself. Use your own nails. Bring cobras, rattlers, adders, asps, copperheads, gia monsters to bite her. Then she takes the challenge a leap or two further, upping the ante. At the bottom, in large letters, it yells, You cannot kill Tardo! Tardo is poison-proof! And... (laughs) I always have to correct this type of thing when it comes to snakes. It's not poison. It's venom. She would be venom-proof, not poison-proof. I know, I know. Shut up, Tessa. (laughs) This woman was truly, in a nice way to put it, a freak in nature. She really was. She might not have been a name many knew like Houdini, but she was on the physician's radar. The medical field was stunned by her. How can this be? How can they not be stunned by her? Seriously. A deadly creature strikes at her, threatens her, ultimately bites her, injecting deadly venom into her body, and yet she doesn't feel pain. She doesn't see effects. Not only that, but pins, needles, hot irons, other painful instruments are used on her with no response. No ouchies, no band-aids needed, no nothing. Furthermore, devastatingly deadly cultures such as cholera germs, typhoid fever, consumption, and diphtheria have all been injected into her bloodstream. And she was okay with this. She welcomed the could-be-deadly experiment, these deadly diseases going into her body. And of course, she came through the disease experiments unfazed and like a trooper. She also has been shot and recovered fully from those injuries and suffered no damage. Shocking indeed. Superpowers indeed. Superhuman? (laughs) I think so. A bit from an article details that her wounds are healed within an hour or so. Wounds from knives, red hot irons, and so on. Untouchable at the moment, but not immortal. In 1905, she meets her end one fateful day. And you think, with a woman who overcame so much, what got her, right? The circumstances were eerie, and it wasn't a kind and gentle death. I know, right? Like, what's a gentle death? To me, I consider a gentle death like, you know, dying in your sleep. You know, forever dreaming. It... It was a type of death we watch often while viewing channels like Oxygen or True TV or one of my favorites, Investigation Discovery. Love. Jealousy. Murder. Fatality. Yes, that's right. The woman who survived the bites of some of the most deadliest creatures out there, being injected by horrific diseases, impaled by sharp objects, stabs, and gunshot wounds, the gasoline guzzler loop, 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 is introduced to the Grim Reaper and finally meets her death, murdered at her prime, 34 years old. She was just but a baby, right? An article detailing her death says it best. The announcement screams... A Memphis tragedy. One of the victims 
Ava Ferguson, Three Lives Ended. Quote, John McCall today committed suicide after killing Hal Williamson, a saloon keeper, and Miss Ava Ferguson. The Ferguson woman was the female demonstrator who is said to have astounded New York physicians some time ago by allowing herself to be cut with sharp instruments, seemingly suffering no pain. She came to Memphis in February. The shooting occurred in Williamson's saloon. McCall was drinking with two women when Miss Eva Ferguson came in and spoke to Williamson. McCall joined the pair and some inaudible remarks passed and he drew his pistol and fired one at each of the others. Both balls took effect fatally. McCall made his escape and was not found by the police until a telephone message was received at the central station stating that he had slipped into a room at number 10 Calhoun Street next door to Williamson's and shot himself through the head. The two women, McCall's brother and another man, are held as witnesses, but so far they have not talked. Jealousy is supposed to be the cause of the killing. Now, you know, I'm not sure that even though, surely, she would have to die sometime, people were still shocked. The woman that overcame so much, the bites, diseases, and what have you, she's gone! This freak of nature, the one that shocked the medical pros. Murder victim. Even though this wasn't supernatural or paranormal, I still found that this bizarre woman indeed was worthy to have a short episode because, you know, the history on her is just so, well, bizarre. If you have any ideas for an episode, please let me know as I love suggestions, whether it's somebody you know who has something to share or, you know, an urban legend in the, you know, middle of the mountains in Alaska or whatever, you know, something. I always like those suggestions. So please hit me up at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com or you could always message me on Paranormal Prowlers on Facebook as well. Looking forward to hearing from you. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They're equally phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can binge listen right now. Just head over to Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podcast Republic, Pocket Cast, Spotify. Basically, you guys, wherever you roam, to listen to your other podcast, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast. This week's special city shoutouts go out to Olympia, Washington, Elizabethtown, North Carolina, Coatbridge, Scotland, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and Mumbai, India. Thank you guys so much for listening. It is so absolutely appreciated. And wherever you are on the globe, Thank you so much as well. See you next week.